Hello, and welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Tennessee Gray, and this is the 46th episode in a weekly series called Run for the Border. Last week's episode was a discussion on our post-holiday pre-Christmas episode. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Sunday, December 18th, and today I speak with Tinzian and Eric about Borderlands and some gaming news. So how are you guys? Doing pretty good. I'm not too bad. (laughs) That's not encouraging. I am the best I've ever been in my entire life. Okay, awesome. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's start with news of the week. news of the week. Although uh, many have plunged in with their early access privileges already, like myself, Tuesday is the official launch date for Star Wars The Old Republic, one of the most anticipated MMOs in years, as I think we all know. Other releases include Trine 2 on the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live, and also Postal 3 uh, is going to be released on Tuesday over Steam. And some news on Star Wars The Old Republic... There's some concern about the grace period which players for early access have. There's some concern that they could lose their character progression when the official launch happens. And some news from Kotaku clarifies that issue. For the record, they say there will be a grace period in which those currently playing Star Wars The Old Republic may still continue their character's progression on the full title they've purchased when it arrives. And previously, Bioware has suggested that there would be no such grace period, but it's important to know that that's not true. Some are depending upon the shipment of physical goods, and with no grace period, if the box game didn't arrive by launch day, then everything the players had accomplished or earned in the first week of early access would be lost, and they'd have to start over. But the way it's going to work is when you get your actual box, you have to put in your code, and if you don't put in your code, then you will not lose any of your progression that you're playing with your early access. You just will lose the game. They won't allow you to log in at all. But when you do put your code in, you'll be able to log in and everything you've done previously will still be there. So breathe a sigh of relief for that if you were worried. (laughs) Bioware apologizes for the concerns they have raised. Hmm. So good news if you're playing that, which I know you're not. You're talking about Skyrim, (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars, The Old Republic. And Eric just looks at us like, oh, yeah. The most experience I've had with Tor was seeing someone play Star Wars Galaxies about eight years ago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's quite fun. I'm liking it a lot. Pretty much similar to the beta, a couple little changes here and there, but good. I played Galaxies for quite a while before that combat patch, which changed the game upside down drove many players away. Yeah, that was pretty early early on in the MMO days. It was quite the, quite the shift from ever, going from EverQuest into Star Wars, though. That yeah. was a, a pretty big change in game mechanics. What, uh, what, are, what character are you playing, Genesee? I'm playing a Sith Marauder. I'm about level 12 right now. I just like the dual-wield aspect. Yeah. So I haven't seen a lot of Juggernauts. I kind of think everybody wants to be a... Uh, what is, what is yours called? An infiltrator, uh, Tenzin? I'm a sniper. Sniper, that's right. There's a lot of Sith uh, Inquisitors, a lot of 
snipers and a lot of marauders, but I haven't really seen any juggernauts so far or um, really any bounty hunters, which I'm surprised because a lot mm. of people were really liking the bounty hunter in beta. That's, that's probably we what did. I would have gone for. We did see uh, our first Sith Assassin today, though. Yes, that was nice. Oh, cool. There is some hoopla lately about the Bioshock Infinite trailer, which if you have not seen, I recommend you do. It looks really amazing, and I think we're totally picking that up in 2012 when it releases. But apparently the trailer features as this theme song for it, an old hymn, uh, which is, which was adapted by Johnny Cash actually, called Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And mm-hmm. some groups are offended because the word Lord is not in the trailer, and they felt that that was kind of the misuse of a hymn to a secular reason, and also an exclusion of kind of a warping of the song, should you say, to make it not religious. But then people researched the song and found that in the original, the word Lord wasn't in it to begin with, so no, <laughs> no one could get offended by that. And yeah. I think if you're going to get upset about hymns or religious songs being used for secular matters, then we all should pretty much beat up Ray Charles if we're going to go there. Um, pretty, pretty much this just goes to prove again that Bioware can do no wrong. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, the, those people can probably be all upset about Postal 3 when that's released instead, I guess. <laughs> well, everyone will be upset about Postal, as they always are. But yeah. That, but that's the point of the game. Yeah. Speaking of Postal 3 and uh, really old games that have been remade, uh, I'm surprised your news of the week didn't include that the Duke Nukem expansion pack was released this week. It did a couple weeks ago, actually. But you can uh, reiterate that for everyone if you like. <laughs> Go ahead. This is actually uh, the new one with the uh, new additional levels, uh, new weapons, and uh, an additional story content. Excellent. Very good. Cool. Do you know anything more about it? No, just that you apparently fight a lot of cloned dukes. <laughs> you never have too many dukes. <laughs> Gears of War 3 has been broadened with the release of their Ram Shadow DLC. It's getting a lot of good reviews, and many are pe- many people are excited because it allows you to view the beauty of what Sarah looked like before the devastation, and you can kind of feel the loss of that beauty as you see things get destroyed. For $15, it's said to be a good investment, especially since you can play as Ram himself in some places. So pick it's that no, up. It's no Deus Ex 3 Human Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't mentioned yet, a World of Warcraft 4.3 has arrived with its transmog, uh, transmogrification and the new instance. But to be honest, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> it's, everybody's raring for Star Wars, that's what it seems like to me. That's right. I'm still waiting for the new lands and uh, the Pandaria expansion. And yeah. I, I like the Rogue Quest option, but it requires that you're in a, a new raid multiple times with a group, and it really doesn't change the issue of single-player deficiency at max level, which I think a lot of people and myself are dealing with, where you just have to have a group to get anything done, and you're kind of bored running around by yourself. So this uh, patch didn't really solve any of that for me, other than to make you look pretty as you're running around through the city. <laughs> Double Fine Productions is happy to announce that Stacking, which is their game, it's it's a Russian doll adventure, uh-huh. a downloadable game of the year, it was named by G4. It is coming to the PC, and it's called Part Steampunk, Part Child's Imagination. It's an amusing anecdote of a game, and people really like this space marine shooter, <laughs> kind of quirky little game, solving multiple puzzles and letting you use your imagination and creativity. So it's supposed to be good for young gamers as well, innocent enough, but it's coming to the PC very soon. 
Yeah, I played the uh, the demo for that on the PS3 like uh, back in I don't know February or March or something like that. I really really liked it. It looks kind of um, neat. It's uh, one. go ahead. One. <laughs> I was just gonna say that uh, it hasn't ever gone down in price. It's sitting at fifteen bucks on PSN, and I've heard it's a little short. So I've been waiting for it to go down before I pick it up. But I'm planning on and picking it up on the PS3 whenever it goes down in price. So. Well, once it releases for the PC, it might drop for the rest. That's usually Maybe. kind of the, the rule of thumb for that. Yeah. I, I saw a video for that a long time ago, but if it's going coming to the PC, then it's got my interest. If it was just something that was on the console, it probably never get played. Yeah, well, you it, love those stacking uh, dolls. That's one of your, <laughs> those, those wooden stacking, you know, Russian dolls. You like those a lot. You probably like mm-hmm. this game. Oh, yeah. I, I remember looking at the video and being like, ooh, that's really cool. Would you like to try that out? That's <laughs> yeah, cool. It has a really good sense of humor. Um, you, you, your your character is like the smallest um, stacking doll there is, and then like he jumps into bigger ones and like takes over their abilities and powers, and then that bigger one can jump into a bigger one. Mm-hmm. And you use like the different dolls to solve the different puzzles, and it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> Somebody I'd, had a really, really fun night out once. <laughs> I guess so. I'd, I'd like to see the uh, the mod for that, taking that and integrating it into it for Left for Dead, and then having a new take on the jockey on Dead Mob. <laughs> You're gonna ruin the Vorinson <laughs> dolls. Okay. It's an untapped market. I see. For a reason. <laughs> <laughs> You bring you bring zombie games and everything. Now you bring Russian dolls into zombie games. <laughs> well, yes. Riff's first holiday event, uh, the Fey Yule, came out recently. It's a celebration giving players the chance to participate in special quests, earn epic gear, and have a festive corgi pet. <laughs> Some sort of weird mount that I can't even say. Vayu mount. And lots more. So if you're into the holiday events and you play Rift, celebrate the first one there. So what's the news for you guys this week? Let's start with you, Tinsy, and what's your news of the week? My news of the week is, uh, I actually started last weekend where I got a chance to play a couple hours of Skyrim for the first time and uh, made it through the first large sort of dungeonish area. That was a lot of fun. Um, there's an issue with the mouse control that took me a long time to get used to, but I really enjoyed it. I'm doing sort of an archery stealth-based uh character that seems to have a, a uh, enjoyment for electricity destruction spells and regarding 4.3 which none of you care about i will just gloss <laughs> over that uh, no no it does have you been playing go ahead uh i recently completed uh within the past week um i managed to get on for about five minutes and squeak out my 48th exalted faction I have uh, 49th ready to go after one more dungeon run, and potentially I could have my 50th and new achievement by Christmas, at latest New Year's, with potentially two more achievements done afterwards. Um, I'm looking pretty badass at my transmogrification, uh, and somewhat enjoying it, but just haven't had the time really to get in and do much more than run around and maybe hit a uh, daily quest or something during lunch. But uh, for the most part, it's been leading up to this weekend playing SOTOR. Uh, I got in on the 13th for early access, but wasn't able to get my laptop to take the install 
cleanly. So uh, it wasn't until Friday, this past Friday, that I was able to get in. Very good. I should cool. say, before we move to Eric's News of the Week, that we've had a little bit of technical issues today and had to record using uh, Tinsian's other computer. So we're in the same room and you may get a little bit of echo. I'll try to re- erase that as much as I can. In Sounds the, uh, okay to me. So Okay, in the yeah. final MP3. But if listeners are going, oh, that's weird, that's why. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving to you, Eric. What is your news of the week? Uh, well... Gearing up for the holidays, got most of my Christmas shopping done. Um, my wife and I start restarted playing Red Dead Redemption this past week. I picked it up uh, this summer at a yard sale for like five bucks, and I had started into it, but we usually do most of our gaming together, so we decided to start over with her with me uh, this week, and uh, got through, a, uh, got caught up to where I had to the point where I had gotten before and then started on some new missions today and she's actually behind me right now. What is she doing? She is playing... She's playing, playing Red Dead Redemption. You don't know. She's getting past you. <laughs> oh, she's just doing side stuff. She's doing some sort of dice game right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Are you Are you winning? She's winning. So, that's good. good. <laughs> we will ask you soon about your co-op Borderlands play, which I think you guys both participate in. Yeah, we yeah. do definitely cool you know i've really enjoyed seeing on facebook the star wars christmas Uh-oh. advent calendar <laughs> that you have been sharing with us every day can you tell people about that because that is awesome yeah well i had been i'd seen um these lego advent calendars for the past couple years they've been coming out with them they're usually themed like there was like a city one and like a, there was a medieval one with like uh like dwarf and castle and guys with knights and guys with swords and stuff like that and they're just like the they're they you open one every day and there's obviously like an advent calendar and and uh it's like a tiny little lego set in each one like some of them are just one lego minifigure Others are just like a, like a tiny, like you use like 10 pieces to build a tiny model of something like a castle or something like that. And, uh, I had been just following them online. And, uh, this year my wife surprised me and, and gave it to me on the first of the month. And it's a Lego Star Wars advent calendar, which is pretty awesome. So every day I've been opening one up and then I take a picture of it and post it on Facebook for other people to see. And, uh, I actually haven't opened today's yet, but, uh, you should take a pic- a picture of it and let me post that under the heading for the episode. You can okay. show the little figure because they're neat. I mean, they're not your standard. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's Yoda and all that, but they're kind of neat. Some of the ships and different things. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, the, my quite a favorite one so far is is the X-wing. It looks really good. Um, if you want, I can we can pause for a second. I can go get it and open it right now. <laughs> sure. Let's see. Okay. It. Okay. Let's see. What is today? Today's the 18th. Okay. Open it up. That looks like it's going to be a model of a Y-Wing. Yes, I have, I've opened, uh, I've had a Chewbacca, an X-Wing, like I said, Slave 1, uh, an Imperial Shuttle, a Battle Droid, all kinds of awesome stuff, so. Slave 1 should have been for the 25th. (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate reward. Yeah, that was actually one of the first ones, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it when I get it built and, you can post it with the episode. Nice. 
cool. I want a Lego nativity. That would be awesome. Oh, I bet you there's people have made them. I bet you there's pictures online. Just you know, not. I don't think there's any official ones, but I bet you some people have designed their own. That's a really good idea. The other day we drove by, someone had taken uh, the appropriate colored Legos and they had built a lawn ornament Christmas tree out of Legos. Like it looked like a Christmas tree, but it was yeah. made out of Legos. It must have been four foot high or something out in the wow, front yard. that's really cool. I should have taken a picture of that. I'll have to do that. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of um, like pictures and like plans online for Lego ornaments, like just like a little, you know, like a, a representation of like a, a, you know, a ball you'd hang on your tree. And then I, one I saw was actually a ball made of Lego that looked like the desktop, which was cool. <laughs> that would be neat, although pretty heavy. I might fall off your tree and shatter, and that would make you, me cry if it took me like five hours to build. Well, I don't have it be a hollow one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. They're pretty small. Okay, let's move to Borderlands. Sweet. So, Basics of Borderlands, it's a sci-fi-based first-person shooter, and it has RPG elements. That's kind of the draw for Borderlands. Everyone says that it's sort of a combo of the two, which was unusual when it came out in 2009. It's by Gearbox Software, and it's for PS3, Xbox 360, uh, PC, and Mac OS X, which is also kind of unusual and awesome, because I used to have a Mac and never found a game for it. But again... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm recording on an iMac right now, I know uh, what you mean. <laughs> there you go. Even WoW has stopped supporting the OS Re of the Mac. Really? Yeah. Oh man, that was one. I mean, I never, I played the beta of it, <laughs> of, of WoW, so I never really got into it, but that was actually one of the things I appreciated about it was the fact that it was available for Mac. I didn't know that they cut that. How long ago was that? They may still have it available, but the, the Mac that I had, once they went to Cataclysm, could not handle anything. You would have to have like a brand new off the shelf Mac to be able to handle oh, wow. what they had. So I uh, oh. I said, okay, well, this Mac's a year or two old. It's not going to be able to handle it, and I'm not going to upgrade to oh, you know the newest tower just to play this. So I suppose people do play on a Mac, but the support for it was not very good. There was a lot mm -hmm. of bugs with it, and if you contacted technical support, they were kind of laughing at you. What happened <laughs> was is your, uh, your old Mac couldn't take the new version of the uh, OS, so they had canceled previous supported versions, and that was one of the the versions. But people are still playing on the on the Max. But but yeah, that that yeah. poor paperweight. I as I turn my head and look at it, <laughs> such a beautiful thing, but does nothing. Not everyone in the world can own Snow Leopard or whatever the newest version. Oh, it's dead. It's lion now. Lion. There you go. Okay, before we get back to the Borderlands discussion, let's hear a little bit from our friend Alan with Tech Talk. And Alan wants me to tell you, to make sure to tell you, that last week, uh, when I was ill and did not have an episode out, he had recorded Tech Talk, so his tech may be a week old. So just in case, there you go. Let's hear from Alan with Tech Talk. Welcome to Tech Talk. Once again, I'd like to thank my good friend, Janice DeGray, for allowing me to be here this week. This week, I will be talking about the United States' Patriot Act and its ramifications with U.S. cloud computing products internationally. Tech Talk and News of the Week. The Patriot Act is causing a ruckus in the bush with U.S. companies offering cloud computing-based products internationally. For those of you who do not know what the Patriot Act is, 
It was an act that was passed by Congress shortly after the 9-11 attacks to help law enforcement combat terrorism and other foreign and domestic threats to or in the United States. There is a lot of controversy surrounding this legislation since its enactment, but this is not a political podcast, so I will not discuss that here. Anyway, the concerns are around how the United States government could subpoena, via a national security letter, a company for information regarding individual or individuals that could be a threat to national security. Now, any company governed by U.S. law would have to supply the information the government requests, which is where the bone of contention lies with the international community. For example, let's say that Genesee lives in Spain, she's involved in some form of espionage against the United States government, and she uses Hotmail for all her communications. Now put the pieces together. A little background to the Patriot Act that was causing the bone of contention. Section 217 of the Patriot Act permits government interception of communications of a computer trespasser if the owner of a protected computer authorized that surveillance. The law's definition of a protected computer includes systems used in interstate and foreign commerce or communication. Now, with that said, you're probably thinking that this sounds something out of a James Bond or spy thriller movie and has this actually concerned anybody. Well, to answer the question, yes. Yes, it has. A couple of examples include British defense contractor Bay Systems turned down Microsoft's Office 365 product because Microsoft couldn't guarantee that their data wouldn't leave Europe at any point in time. The government of British Columbia, Canada turned down a deal of privatizing its Medicare system to a U.S.-based company over concerns that the sitting U.S. administration at that time could request the private records of Canadian citizens. And finally, in a nutshell, a Canadian healthcare CIO basically stated that he isn't sure that any records that are put into a U.S.-based cloud computing infrastructure wouldn't be immune from being looked at from spooky land, a.k.a. the NSA. And here's some other tech news. A new study by Acuvent Labs states that Google Chrome is more secure than its other browser rivals, MSIE and Mozilla Firefox. The report was also funded by Google itself, so don't hesitate to take it with a pinch of sand, some Sasquatch turds, and some lemon juice. Adobe is added again to patch several zero-day vulnerabilities in its products. One of the potential security holes is an Adobe Reader 9 and will apparently affect Adobe Reader 10 if protected mode is turned off. The other is an Adobe's Flash Player. Microsoft made changes to the Xbox 360's Terms of Service Agreement and bars console owners from getting the class action lawsuits against the company and forces its users into arboration or using small claims court. It looks like my time is up for Tech Talk. Before I go for this week, I'd like to say two things. First, I'd like to say sorry to you, Genesee, for not producing as many episodes as I would have liked to this past month. Secondly, you guys probably won't be hearing from me for too much since early access for Star Wars The Old Republic starts tomorrow, thankfully, and I will definitely be getting some of my version of Genesee's Skycrack for this holiday season. <sighs> Skycrack. As always, back to you, and thanks again, Genesee. A big thank you to Alan. Now let's return to Borderlands. Okay, we briefly mentioned Borderlands when we were talking about uh, your co-op play, Eric, with your wife. Let's go into that a little bit more. Borderlands is a science fiction-based first-person shooter. It has RPG elements, and that's kind of something it's known for. It was developed by Gearbox Software for PS3, Xbox 360, Microsoft Windows, and Mac OS X, which is kind of unusual as well. But this was developed in 2009. 
Borderlands 2 is coming out September 1st, 2012, so this would be a good time to review by playing one. It's often called a RP shooter, and that includes the roleplay elements. Did you find that it had a lot of uh, roleplay aspects to it? Was that something that you jumped out at you, or sort of just kind of here and there? Oh, I, don't, I don't know about roleplaying, but definitely the whole sort of RPG leveling up, um, you know, uh, collecting gear, things like that, you know. Um, there wasn't too much in terms of uh, uh, bumping up, like, manually increasing your stats or anything like that. But uh, you did, you got to, like, choose what skills you wanted to upgrade each level and stuff like that. Um, and the story is really good, too. It's, it's, it's written really well. There's a lot of humor with that game as well. It's um, a little saucy. It's very saucy. <laughs> yeah, it, it has attitude, that's for sure. Yes. I guess we should move to the basic plot. Set on the planet of Pandora, because everyone loves Pandora, long, <laughs> long before the movie. Um, the, the home tree's long gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. No blue people. Everything mm-hmm. on Pandora is meant to kick you to a blue screen <laughs> of death. <laughs> that's right. It's my job to keep you on Pandora <laughs> from having a blue screen of death. A lot of mining on Pandora. Yeah. Uh, one of the corporations, the Dal Corporation, um, is there, and you're supposed to mine things and build settlements and things like this, and I guess search for the interesting vault, which is supposed to be a trove of alien artifacts, technology, and wealth that's kind of fabled. So, let's see, a lot of dangerous wildlife, a lot of protective forces I guess you have to battle. So, which character did you play? Because I understand that there are four, Roland the Soldier, Mordecai the Hunter, Lilith the Siren, and Brick, who's a berserker. Yeah. Hunter Mordecai, he's sort of a, a sniper. Uh, his his uh, proficiency is with sniper rifles and then also with pistols and revolvers, but I lean more towards the sniper rifle. And uh, he also, each each class has a special ability that comes with it, and his is this, like, alien hawk bird thing that he can launch at enemies and it'll attack them and deal damage. And I have it leveled up at this point that it can attack, like, six enemies at a time and, and pretty much take them each out and then come back to me and has a, a s- slow recharge on it before you can send it out again. <laughs> Tallyhawk! <laughs> <laughs> In in essence, that's kind of what it is. I'm also doing that character as yeah. well, and very much a reliance on the sniper. But I found that occasionally the speed for the pistol firing uh, has saved my bacon more than once. Yeah, you can carry. You can have at at the beginning. You can only I think only have one weapon or two at a time equipped. Two, but yeah, but then you unlock slots slots for up to four more active weapons equipped. So I usually switch mostly between the sniper rifle and then a little bit with the revolver. They're very pretty uh, weapon pictures. Uh, let's see, maps or whatever graphic maps over the images. Yeah, wireframe. Um, I'm running around with this pistol, and I I want that pistol in real life. It's a piece <laughs> of junk in terms of the game, but it looks really pretty if you had it like a, as a, a match pistol or something. And then the rifles are nice. It, it's definitely not been a case of oh here's your flintlock, oh here's your flintlock, oh here's your flintlock, here's your flintlock, and here's another piece of wood yeah. that <laughs> you know shoots bullets. It somebody really spent their time working on these graphics. Do you yeah. like the cartoony style? That's one of the things it's kind of known for as well and, and popular for. 
I'm actually loving it so far. It's uh, definitely kept its age from 2009 to now. It uh, looks really good, but um, I haven't been distracted at all yet by the, the goofiness. I, I still get actually terrified when I see these dogs chasing <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, every, everything's got sort of that cartoony black line outline around everything. Um, in it, in a little, in a small way, it reminds me a little bit actually of uh, Wind Waker, the Legend of Zelda game on the on the GameCube, which mm. I know a lot of people didn't like the art style on that. I liked it a lot, and I like I like the way Borderlands looks as well. Um, and I was just looking here, Seth. We're talking about how all the guns look really nice. The one thing I remember them touting when the game first came out is how many weapons there are in the game. Yes, the procedural content creation system. <laughs> I just looked it up. The number is 3,166,880 guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. And yeah. I will collect them all. <laughs> Good luck. Yes, you will. Apparently, unlimited options on weapons and items, they say. And also, uh, this randomization kind of extends itself to enemies as well. So you're never quite sure what the stats are for you're going to face next. I guess they're minorly different. Yeah. As well. sort of, yeah, yeah, there's like different themes of enemies and then like different kinds of enemies. Like there's like the regular grunt and then there's like a berserker and a, and a badass and stuff like that. So going back to the art style for a moment, I think the worst piece of art actually in this entire game so far that I've seen is the box cover. And the box cover really sort of brings it and makes the game look like you're picking up a copy, <laughs> something akin to Deer Hunter, uh, the final expedition on uh, Walmart. <laughs> it, 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 it's, and then when you, you boot the game and you start seeing all of this stuff and you see Claptrap, the robot acting and, and how smooth things are as they're moving, you kind of go, wow, somebody in marketing really kind of hmm. screwed the pooch on this one as far, as far as the box coverage. You're trying to get people interested in that sort yeah. of style. That's a good point. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I actually didn't really remember what it was because I bought it. Uh, I downloaded it on the PSN, but yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I don't think I would have picked that up if I just saw I, that sitting on the I shelf. I grabbed it uh, when uh, Steam had one of their bene beneficent uh, yet uh, money-sucking sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can play two-player co-op or four if you're on a LAN or single-player. I know already that Eric plays with his wife, so that's two players. And yes. did you play single-player or are you co-oping as well, Tinsian? I'm playing single-player right now. Okay, so tell us about, Eric, your co-op. Mm -hmm your family and how that's going um well we play split screen on one tv because we are a one console household i know some i hear of people that have two three different you know ps3s or something like that but no we play split screen and you know with with shooters and splitting the screen up we slide the chair nice and close to the tv <laughs> <laughs> did you put up a little screen between <laughs> well it's cooperative so no we didn't do that but um <laughs> and uh you share a snuggie Oh, <laughs> I think it's easier when you can look over and see where the other person is if yeah, you're going to co-op. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, she uh, she picked a uh, a berserker, which is the big tank guy. His name is Brick. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's funny the the uh, at the beginning the opening sequence that it goes through each of the four characters and it introduces them. It's, it's like Mordecai as the hunter and uh, Roland as the soldier and. Lilith as the siren and Brick as himself. <laughs> he's just this huge pile of muscle and he's, he's a, he punches 
things, and that's pretty much what he does. <laughs> he uh, yeah. he uses uses a shotgun, and then his his special ability is he basically rages, and he pulls out both of his fists, and he can throw uppercuts and jabs and stuff like that, and he recharges his health. So our sort of style as we do it is she runs up and activates that and and sort of pulls aggro as the tank, and then I stand back as DPS and pick people off and throw my bird in. And uh, we actually, you know, it works pretty well, and we take guys down pretty quick. We've played other cooperative games together. That's what we like to do in general. Like I say, we do most of our gaming time together. And with other games, like the one that comes to mind most recently is the new Super Mario Bros. Wii, mm-hmm. uh, where you can play that cooperative as well. You get to the point where you want to kill each other because <laughs> you push people off the, the the platforms and you throw people and <laughs> you get in each other's way and it gets frustrating. But this has actually been really fun. It it's cool because with the sort of you get a strategy down and you work together and you're talking about it and it's been a really fun experience playing that together. Um, I it's one of the best cooperative games I've played in a while. That at least. Uh, local cooperative. I, we don't uh, like. I say we play together on the same screen, so it's got to be local. But uh, no, it's been it's been really good. There's no no any kind of lag or anything like that. It it's really balanced. Um, the enemies get more difficult the more people you add in, so it doesn't get too easy with with adding multiple people in for the co-op. And uh, you you don't share XP, but you share uh, money and things like that. And uh, we, you know, compare each other's drops, and since we picked such such different classes, we're able to sort of split the drops up equally, so that, you know, we're not both vying for sniper rifles or you know submachine guns or anything like that. That's get, very uh, wise. Yeah, Does she exactly. get Giddy? Uh, not really. That's more my style of it. She she likes just shooting things and punching things. <laughs> she, <laughs> She's she melee has, all the way. Yeah, I mean, I you know I grew up on stuff like Diablo and things like that, so you know I looking at the stats of every single weapon, and she's like, oh, that is a rare one. I'll equip that, you know, and I'll be like, no, 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 put this one on. Um, so she's not as into the, the, the weapon drops as I am, but uh, she's definitely more into the, the story and stuff like that. That's where she's, you know, she's a, a writer and, and stuff like that, so she's always looking at things like that. Um, this, but in terms of the, the minutia, the, the stats and things like that, that's more my side of things. Is this her uh, first AAA title, or is she also gaming pretty often? Uh, she's she gamed long before I was with her. We actually uh, spent most of our time together when we first met, playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, together. And uh, but in terms of video games, we played Mario Kart and um, well, like I said, she's playing Red Dead Redemption right behind me. Um, we've gone through. <laughs> she's. She just threw me the devil horns. Uh, you know, one of her favorite Christmas presents ever was an N64. She freaked out about it and then spent, you know, four four days playing and beating Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So she's been a gamer pretty much as as long as, you know, probably, maybe even longer than me. She started with the NES and the my household wasn't very video game friendly, so I didn't start till the PlayStation 1. But uh so yeah she's she's up there along with me in terms of gaming. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. It's good that you guys have your separate classes and and separate interests because this is a sort of game where a a drop is 
singular. I mean, you'll never see that rare drop since everything kind of generates new. So you could really get into some, some serious drag down fights about, mm-hmm. you know, individual items because, yeah. you know, it's not like you can just fight him again later and no, that's one of the drops, you know, even if it's a 10% drop, it, right. won't, it will never happen. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no kind of, I guess, from what I've heard of, you know, different podcasts and stuff like that, WoW has rolling, so it sort of goes to someone randomly, if I'm not mistaken. Is yes. that how that works? Yes, yeah. it does. You can need and greed. <laughs> Borderlands doesn't have anything like that. You kill the guy, the stuff drops on the ground, and you go pick it up. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it seems like... Um, I played the other classes briefly. Um, they all sort of have their own specialties, so if you're pl- all playing different classes, I don't think you'd have too much conflict, but if everyone decides to go for a hunter, then obviously everybody's going to be fighting over the sniper rifles and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, since we picked different different classes, we were safe. Very good. Do you like the vehicle combat? Um, the vehicle in the, the regular, in the main game, the vehicle stuff isn't, isn't too big. Um, there are two different types of vehicles you can get in the main game. There's a, there's one with a rocket launcher on it and then one with a big, uh, mounted machine gun on it. And I think that one goes a little faster, which is sort of makes up for the, uh, lower firepower. Um, the driving takes a little bit to get used to. Um, you sort of point the camera, and then the car goes where the camera's going, rather than just steering the car. Okay. Um, so you sort of accelerate with the left stick and drive with the right stick, which is most other vehicles I've been in, you sort of just drive with the left stick. So that took a while to get used to. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, I've been driving uh, most of the time, and she's been gunning. But uh, the the, the Vehicle combat isn't too big of a uh, a part of the game. Most of it, most of the vehicle stuff is just to get from point A to point B. But one of the DLCs uh, is uh, is very focused on on vehicle stuff. It's just basically uh, areas connected by a series of highways. Is that Mad Moxie's Underdome? Uh, no, it is. Let me. See. Secret Armory of General Knox. Uh, Claptrap, new robot, <laughs> revolution. I have it's, them all. It, it's it's the the armory one. Okay, secret armory of General Knox. Yes, there's four yeah. DLCs apparently, mm-hmm. and they came out in 2010. Yes, sort of all through the year. Um, Do you have all of them? Yes, we uh we bought the we bought a pack. It was all on sale. The main game and all the the DLCs on uh, PSN. I think it was all for 20 bucks or something like that. And uh, we beat the whole game, the the main game, and then we've been working through the DLC. We're actually currently working on the last one, the Claptrap's New Robot Revolution. But the they all sort of have their own different styles of of gameplay. The first one was the zombie one, mm-hmm. uh, the Zombie Island of Doctor Ned, and yes. that was basically just like the first game, but set in sort of a spooky themed, almost Halloweenish area. With uh, it was an excuse main- to have zombies, you know it exactly. Not you don't have to you know fight hard to fit zombies into a first person shooter, so it didn't seem too too forced or anything like that. It was basically the main game, except you're fighting zombies. Um, and then there were also uh, werewolf uh, equivalents. They're called werescags <laughs> Be- <laughs> okay. because uh, in the main game, there's like these dog-like creatures. They're basically like dogs, but they have like big face flaps with t- teeth and stuff like that, and they were called scags. And so the werewolves were called were-skags, but, uh, so yeah, like I said, it was basically sort of, you know, zombie Halloween themed. And that took us a few hours to do, um, including one trophy where you had to collect, I think it was like 300 
50 brains or something like that for uh, this uh, zombie from the... There was a character from the main story who got turned into a zombie, apparently, and you stumble upon him, and he wants you to collect brains for him. Oh. So you have to go around, and the way you get a brain is you get a headshot on a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> you think that would destroy the brain, but okay. <laughs> you would think, but no, that, that's how you, they drop a brain. And so we beat the whole thing, and then we saw that, that that mission was sort of a side mission. So we got that, and rather than picking up the brains as we went, we just sort of went and grinded 350 brains. <laughs> Gee, that's yeah. really uh, d- diehard there, isn't it? Yeah, and got the trophy. It was worth it. It was worth it. I'm telling you, it was worth it. Maybe not if you ask her. But if you ask me, it was worth it. <laughs> um, some people like achievements, some people don't. Yeah, exactly. The second one was uh, the Mad Moxies, the one that you mentioned, the Underdome Riot. We uh, didn't beat this one. It was. It seemed to be to me to be designed for people who had maxed out the level of their their characters. And uh, basically, you're thrown into these three different uh, arenas, and uh, you fight waves of enemies. So there, not a lot go, of story, more just kind of PvP, but without actual no PvP. Story. There was this chick named Mad Moxie who has <laughs> about four feet of cleavage, and she says, fight these guys! <laughs> that was the story. <laughs> it sounds awfully familiar. I think I've seen that movie story. <laughs> um. But yeah, so it was basically just a, a whole big grind. Each each uh, arena, there were two different modes you went in. Um, there was five rounds of five waves each, so 25 waves of guys that you fight, and then you beat that arena. And we did all of those for each of the arenas, and then each arena then opened up, and then there were, I think it was 20 rounds of five waves each. So a hundred different waves, and Jeez. each wave takes a while, and they get progressively harder, and that was frustrating, and we didn't really see in any point to it. The other stupid thing about it is you don't even actually get any XP. So for, do you get an, a drop or something? What, yeah, what is the dro- point? Yeah, guns drop, um, and then you get, like, if you beat the whole thing, you get, like, an extra skill point for your character. But, like I said, the I think the main point was just to give maxed out character or something to do, and our characters aren't maxed out, and we had other DLC to jump to, so after we beat the small the small levels, we, we sort of... We gave the big one a try, got part of the way through it, died a lot, and we're like, this is pointless. So <laughs> that one wasn't our favorite. And I'm glad it came in a pack, because I wouldn't have been happy buying it separately, to be uh, honest. Yeah. What about Claptrap's new robot revolution? That one sort of struck me as less serious. <laughs> Um, that one, like I say, we just started that maybe a week or two ago. Um, the claptrap is this, there's lots of claptraps throughout the world. They're these little, like, robot guys that... Is the one with the mustache or the beard or something like that? Is that him? I'm dancing, I'm dancing. Yeah. He's <laughs> when, he's the guy who has a, a mouth on him, right? Yeah, he's he's sort of the voice that you encounter most in the game. He, at the beginning, sort of guides you through a little bit of a tutorial and then, uh, He'll tell you when you have new missions, new side missions, and stuff like that. But uh, I think he was built by one of the corporations as sort of like a helper. But in in this one, they decide that they've been subjugated too much, and they decided to revolt. And then we're called in to, to put down the, the revolution and take out all the revolting claptraps. And uh, <laughs> they've created themselves to have all kinds of weapons. I think there are some that have like big like boxing gloves on that come and punch you, others and shoot you. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, those guys are are 
one of the big source of comedic relief throughout the whole thing. But yeah, we've only just started into that. That's the the last one, and it seems like a lot of the main characters from the main game and the the other the previous DLCs uh, come back after you've killed them. They come back as like cyborg robot versions of themselves. We've encountered one or one or two of those so far. Oh, neat. Um, so that should be pretty funny when you get to some of the other ones. Are you excited for Borderlands Two, which comes out on September first, twenty twelve? Um. In principle, I'm excited. We uh, are on very tight budget, so usually we get games <laughs> like this one, you know, two years after they've been released. So mm-hmm. once they go down in price, but uh, but uh, I haven't really been looking into it too much. Once it closer to when it comes out, I'll I'll look into it a little bit more. But I mean, I've enjoyed the game a lot. So any anything to add on to it? Um, yeah. What What did you think about the music? I never really focused on it. I don't really remember. I guess mm. not very memorable to me. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I've been loving the uh, the music that's been going around with it. It, okay. it seems very well paced for uh, the artist sniping. Okay. Yeah. I, I. I'm honestly. I'm. Whenever I hear people talking about, oh, the soundtrack for that movie was really great. I'm like, oh, I, there was music playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, for some reason, I don't really play, pay attention to it too much. So don't take that as as one way or the other for this game. We can edit that out. <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Borderlands 2, a couple of the things that are going to be added. A new character called Gunzerker, who is basically a dual-wielding guy, and he can dual-wield anything up to rocket launchers, sniper rifles, whatever. It can be kind of interesting. Co-op as well, like it was in the other one. And in the story for this one, you're left for dead on Pandora, and you begin your quest for revenge and redemption. And you're supposed to be attacking the Hyperion Corporation and looking for the CEO, Handsome Jack. (laughs) Yes, and there's a new gun system in this one. New variety, like as though there wasn't enough already. (laughs) Fire, electrical, corrosive acid, and all sorts of other things added to that. And new environments and new enemies, of course. So that's something to look forward to for Borderlands 2. So now would be a good time to play Borderlands 1, so you can get through all all the DLCs in the original game and everything, and be ready for Borderlands 2 next year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cheap pretty much anywhere I see it. Um, I forget what it is currently on PSN or anything like that, but I I mean I think it's a it's a great game and and I I play actually a tiny bit online co-op um, just to actually pick up a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Achievements. Um, yeah, my internet connection's not great, but the lag I didn't really have too much lag even even considering that, and uh, it's it's a it seems like a. a uh, jump in, drop out type thing. Um, up to four people, so I bet it would be pretty fun if you, especially if you knew who you were playing with and were on some sort of voice chat with them, because that's what I've liked with with my wife Katie is, uh, you know, uh, cooperating and working together and getting those strategies like I was talking about. I think that is fun, and that's one of the things I'm really enjoying about, I guess, the Old Republic, is that we get a chance to play together again like we used to in World of Warcraft at the beginning when we were questing. Although I do think it's really fast-paced, and I find myself, um, when we're in Flashpoints, which is like their version of a dungeon or an instance, things happen so quickly, and you're rolling for things so quickly. Like, just today I rolled on an item for him, and I wasn't even paying attention. Didn't even have, like, stats that I needed. And of, <laughs> and of course, it's, like, 
my dad equips or run on pickup. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up and then couldn't give nope. it to him, but. <laughs> it was just like the sweet, the sweetest chess piece ever. I know. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. Uh, what level are you? Twelve. I'm sure yeah. we'll get better things. But it's very fast paced. <laughs> so I don't know. Did you find this super hectic, this game, or did you have a chance to kind of breathe between encounters? Um, it's. I mean, it's as hectic as sort of a, a wide spread first person shooter. It's since it's a. Uh, it's quest based, so you can sort of pick and choose where you go. It's not as on rails as some of like like a Golden Eye or, or you know the the classic first person shooters. You know, mm-hmm. progress through this level, going from point A to point B, and taking out the guys in your way. You can sort of there are wide open areas, and you can sort of pick and choose which quests you do and and how you approach them. And um, so it's probably not as as hectic as a traditional first person shooter, but uh. It's still got, you know, when you're in the middle of battle, you can't sort of pause and say, time out. (laughs) Of course, of course. Yeah. That's one of the issues I have with uh, Team Fortress and some of the other stuff. It's just like so much chaos happening at the same time. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely not uh, not as crazy as that. I mean, also, it's not versus, it's versus AI, which is always slower than, you know, player versus player. 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 Okay. Excellent. Well, a big thank you to Tinzian and Eric, and you can find them on Twitter at Tinzian and at Kulardroth, which I will put on the webpage for you so I don't have to spell it. <laughs> if you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast or Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email me your questions, advice, or suggestions to Gray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.